Okay, what you call overproduced, I call dramatic artistry. So we're gonna have to defer on that. Welcome everyone to a bonus episode of the Madonna Get Together. I am your host, Wayne, and I brought Zorian back. Um, you know, there's sometimes too much to talk about and often we run out of time or even forget some things. Zorian and I knew this going into Ray of Light, but when you end up talking for so long, it just happens. So um, we wanted to make sure that we touched on a couple of things that we didn't have time for in the last episode. So we're just gonna make this a bonus episode. During the Ray of Light album, there were a bunch of demos that we recorded, most of them with Rick Knowles, uh, some of them with Pat Leonard and also Baby Bass. So we're gonna talk a little bit about those. And just in general, I would say majority of the, the demos that you can find out there, I think sound pretty similar to the album versions. Yes, some additional production went in, into it and added all the, the kind of blips and bubbles and things like that from William Orbit once he got a hold of everything. Um, but some of them are quite different and we wanna talk about some of those. What are your overall thoughts of the demos and unreleased stuff from Ray of Light? Okay, don't hate me, Madonna fans, but I kind of found the demos a little underwhelming at first because <laughs> I think the final production of the Ray of Light album is so brilliant in so many ways that hearing the demos, it was kind of like, huh, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I found like certain lyrical changes very interesting, specifically with Frozen and Be Careful having a few things switched around here and there. I found, I understood how some places we definitely needed the backing vocals of Donna and Nikki in so many ways. <laughs> and <laughs> love Donna and Nikki. And some of the Rick Noel ones sounded very Celine Dion power ballad yeah. sort of thingy, but we'll get into that later. But yeah, I still say that. A true blue fan should listen to the demos just to understand the process, so to speak. But I love the unreleased tracks, which never made it to the album. I wish she included them as B-sides on some of the singles like she did in the past with Let Down Your God and the Bedtime Stories mm -hmm. era and a few others. But who knows? Maybe we'll see polished versions of the anniversary re-releases as Warner Brothers has been teasing us mm. with, but since then we've not heard anything about. I know. That's kind of disappointing. <laughs> but um, <laughs> to your point, I, I do want to just point out the songs that you can find the demos for, you know, like on YouTube. The ones that are part of the album are like Sky Fits Heaven, uh, Frozen, Power of Goodbye, Flirtation Dance, which got renamed to Skin, Nothing Really Matters, Little Star, no Substitute for Love, which is one I want to specifically talk about, and Has to Be, uh, which was a B-side for the original album, but also included on the, the Japanese album as a bonus track. Um, well, Has to Be is actually a very interesting one, because the first demo for that sounded like, it was like Breathless Mahoney faked her death, and now she's singing in some <laughs> nightclub, some seedy nightclub in the basement somewhere. Um, it's really interesting because if you listen, to, when you hear the finished product that's that was actually released, and you hear this demo, and I think it's it's labeled "has to be one" because there's also another demo called "has to be two, um, but "has to be one." It was just so weird to hear it, hear this arrangement for very jazzy, very lounge singer. 
when I first heard it, I was like, oh, God, thank God William got his hands <laughs> on this d- demo. <laughs> I don't know. Just like, you know, like the finished product of Has To Be One, I mean, of the original Has To Be, which was released in Japan, was such a beautiful, haunting song, especially with your whole Salvador Dali, Red Elephants. Yeah. But I will say this, Has To Be Part Two kind of seemed... You know, the second one, which is like a more dancey demo, which they made up. It opens up with a it's rooster. Kind of... <laughs> right? like, what, the, what the fuck is this? <laughs> right? Uh, this has to be two demo. Kind of reminded me like a Reject Almighty remix. Like, you remember Cher had those yes. Almighty remixes mm-hmm. of some of the songs? There has to be demo two. Kind of seems like a rejected almighty remix <laughs> with a danorama video feature somewhere. with just like flashes of, of like beams laser beams and and color contrast changes and saturation yeah <laughs> like i said i'm so happy william got a hold of this and made it into the magical haunting ballad that has to be finally became and I'm happy our Japanese fans got to enjoy it with the album, and the rest of the world got to enjoy it when it leaked under the internet. Well, it also through Madonna's um, fan club. It was also the B side for Ray of Light, the single. In all territories, or only in the Ooh, US. That I don't know, but in the US, it was a B side hmm. to the single, Ray of Light. Maybe it's a US thing. What we didn't really talk about or go deep into was the reunion between Madonna and Pat Leonard because that they are a songwriting team and, you know, they wrote mm-hmm. for this record. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we didn't talk about that with Nothing Really Matters and Frozen and Skin. Like, he was included in a lot of these um, pre-workings of these songs. Uh, and I think it, mm-hmm. it does shine through, especially, I think it stands out particularly with Frozen because it's such a beautiful song and you can hear, mm-hmm. you know, Pat Leonard and Madonna's collaboration. If there was ever a song that Pat Leonard wasn't included with that was also with Madonna, I don't think I, like, I don't think I would know it. You know what I mean? It's, it's almost like mm-hmm. it, it feels like home, just like Madonna says in Ray of Light yeah. or like a prayer. <laughs> it feels like home. Like a prayer. Feels like home. exactly, and that that's very um, like a prayer feels at home. Rare flight, she just got and like a prayer she wrote with Patrick Leonard, too. So, I remember throughout Erotica, he actually made some statement along the lines of this isn't the Madonna I worked with over like a prayer and true blue. She's changed, she's doing really stupid music right now. I don't like the sound, and I think he was really trash talking her throughout. and I was surprised she went back to him, but at the same time, I feel there's definitely still some tension because she hasn't revisited him again post Ray of Light. Like, she may have written the demos with him, like, you know, some of the original lyrics with him, but clearly after that, there's been no mention of Patrick Leonard anywhere. I guess maybe he let his trash talking side out during the recording. Again, this is just conjecture on my part. I don't know the true story. But yeah, I was just surprised that she went back to him after he slammed her during the erotica era. Yep. I guess their their writing history is just too strong to deny. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, so there's just like so many things in there. Uh, Be careful is a song that was written with Madonna and Pat mm-hmm. Leonard, and that one that that one's a little bit different. And that one ended up being the the mm-hmm. duet with Ricky Martin, and it was on Ricky Martin's first English mm-hmm. album. Well, they were supposed to make they were supposed to make a video for this. I remember there was reports that they were going to make so, a video to the song, and then it just never happened. Because apparently Ricky Martin was under Sony Records, and apparently Tommy Mottola, this is the rumors I've heard over message boards and the little shady forums of the internet. Mm-hmm. I don't know how true it is. But what I heard is that apparently um, when Madonna and Ricky were recording the song, he would always like be giving his two cents here and there. He'd always be interrupting them. And at one point, he Madonna got so furious that she just walked out of the recording studio and never returned. Oh, wow. And that's why all plans for it to be a single was scrapped, because I remember Madonna was really looking forward to recording a duet with Ricky. And somehow, I guess Tommy Mottola screwed it over again. I can't guarantee the legitimacy of this, but after hearing, you know, there were a lot of podcasts about Mariah Carey's life, based on the biography she released about herself. And after hearing all about what Tommy Mottola did to her, I can't believe he screwed this up by just being an interfering little troll some way or the other. The the two songs that she wrote with Babyface was Never Love a Stranger and Mm -hmm. I'll Be Gone. Um, And I think when I heard those, I definitely heard Babyface. I mean, it, has Babyface written all over it, even from the music, not even the fact that he sings on it, but the just the sound of it. It just has that very 90s dated sound. And I think if she had went in this direction, it probably just would have sounded like a Bedtime Stories Part 2 mm-hmm. and not a new sound. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad she got away from kind of like what the Rick Knowles demos were <laughs> because those were more adult contemporary. They were more something to remember songs versus mm-hmm. Ray of Light. So mm-hmm. I think without William Orbit, and I think I said this in the original episode, but I, I would say that I feel like William Orbit doesn't get enough credit because I feel like she didn't have what she needed until William Orbit came along. Like he gave her the sound that she needed um, mm-hmm. to make some of these songs shine. So with Never Love a Stranger, it sounds so schmaltzy and blah. <laughs> Sorry yeah. to anyone who likes that song, but when I heard it for the first time, I was like, what the fuck is this? I mean, it doesn't even sound very bedtime stories. It sounds like such a, it sounds like bedtime stories high on vanilla, which is like so underwhelming. It sounded like, um, you know, one of those one hit wonder adult contemporary lounge acts from the 90s. That's what it sounded like. And I'm just so happy that it didn't make it into the final product. Even the lyrics were kind of like um, underwhelming in many ways. Mm-hmm. I'll Be Gone, however, was kind of sexy. It kind of reminded me of that other B-side from Bedtime Stories, Let Down Your Guard. It's an interesting demo. It's an interesting listen, but definitely doesn't fit. It's like a it's like a B-side from the Bedtime Stories era, for sure. Right. Like if I when I heard these tracks, I'm like, I I thought there's no way this is from my of Light. There's no way this was recorded mm-hmm. post 1995. <laughs> That's what it felt like to me. She definitely went in a different direction, and um, one of the the elements that I wanted to point out in Sky Fits Heaven, the demo of that one, 
I actually mm -hmm. like the demo of that one more than the regular version. I think with the regular version, it just feels um, slightly over overproduced compared to the demo. And I like the um, the bass guitar that you can hear mm -hmm. more up front. I don't know if it's on the original recording, but there's a bass line that's going through on the demo that I really like. I mean, I like the demo Sky Fits Heaven, but, you know, the final product had such a great majesty with it, which I thought that was beautiful. In the demo version, however, it was kind of underwhelming. It was more like a soft little thing, like that urgency in the final product, in the final song, sorry, the final recording, was so palpable. It's like something we could feel as it took us from the journey from Nothing Really Matters to Shanti Ashtangi, that little leap, it worked. In the demo, it's kind of like, okay, nice song, nice lyrics, but mm, something's missing for me. The the last song I want to talk about that's part of, that was originally included as part of the album, but was there was a, a different demo for it, was No Substitute for Love. It's mm -hmm. literally like a totally different song. It's still there a little bit, but this version is just so, it's just so weird. Like it's, it doesn't, you can tell that it's not there yet. It's, it's a very Neanderthal version, as Madonna has said about <laughs> herself. It's a very Neanderthal version of that song. But it, I actually do like it, and I like to listen to it because it just feel, it just gives mm. you a different tone. It gives you a different feeling. It feels more um, vulnerable than John. Mm -hmm. John World substitute for love on the album sounds a little bit more powerful. Like it, it starts out a little bit low and gets that crescendo. No substitute for love just starts easy and stays easy. So, no substitute for love. When I heard the demo a long time ago before this major leak, I was like, this sounds like Celtic woman or it sounds like Enya or something like that. It's like, I don't know, it just seems so wishy-washy, free-flowy, like it didn't have that subtle power of the final product which made it onto right. the album. True, yeah. But, yeah. And, you know, it's like, you know... The entire song just has this one arc, like, for example, in the final song, in the final released version, you know, there's a bridge crescendo which builds with fading places, far away yep. places. It takes that song to that powerful level before it drops at the end. Here, that entire bridge is just, no fading plane, no, 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 right. kill me now, it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there was no there was like nothing in the song that could really like grip me in the demo version it sounded very like you know something which people would sing in a bad cult like you know they're holding hands what? in their white robes <laughs> and swaying in there around a bonfire you know holding their hands and just swaying <laughs> with some you know person playing a tabla and a sitar singing along. oh gosh well yes it's a very kumbaya <laughs> type song i will give you that but i don't know it's yeah. i i think i like the the different way that it sounds i i think i like it more knowing that a real one exists you know what i mean it's a, it's almost like um i never mind <laughs> i don't even know where i'm going with that but yeah <laughs> I like knowing but I like absolutely. knowing that it exists. I like hearing an I like seeing a good evolution. It's like a before and after picture. I like seeing the yeah. I like kind of appreciating the before to see the after. I will add that you know she does sound beautiful in the recording. Like it's a beautiful voice she gives us and all, but 
at the end, it just kind of just left me feeling like, okay. Well, um, what what I would say about this album, you know, I I think these collections of songs could have worked for an album. I just don't know how well received it would have been from either fans mm. or critics because it does feel very compared to what Madonna has given us previously. This would have been mm-hmm. a, a letdown of sorts. I mean, it, it honestly. It, it's not that the music is bad. It's not like the, the production. Of course, the production is low quality. They're demos. But it's just that it doesn't fit the image that we think of as Madonna. And I think I, I probably would have been into it when it was released, just like I was with like something to remember. But I think if if she never went beyond this album, like the way these songs were, you know, I, mm-hmm. she probably would have lost a fan in me because, you, you know, while the ballads and stuff are fine and good it's just i need more i want more mm-hmm. <laughs> more 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 yeah but i mean uh, the style of music though i think she was going in the right direction um and i mm-hmm. think that you know it probably sounded more like donna delory's bliss album <laughs> it, it had that kind of ambiance to it because that's that's it was mm. the very similar style, like this ethereal type um, music where it just keeps you calm and relaxed. Because I think that's where Madonna was at that point in time. Well, speaking of Donna Delory, you know what I'd really love to have leaked somewhere on the internet or an official release: Madonna's original version of "Just a Dream" with only her vocals. I mean, we can hear Madonna and the backing vocals very clearly, especially. I personally think the bridge is mostly Madonna singing that all that I have, all that mm-hmm. I ask. I think that's more Madonna's voice than Donna's on the bridge, but just a dream. I know it's not the Ray of Light demo version, but since we bought up Donna Deloria, really, I'm putting it out into the universe. Somebody released Madonna's original version of Just a Dream on Madonna, like what you did with You Thrill Me on the Confessions tour, Ooh, do something yeah. with Just a Dream in a future tour. That would be brilliant because Just a Dream is such beautiful lyrics and a great banging melody and beat. It just needed Madonna's finishing touch. I wish somehow, somewhere that gets released. But like I said, it's just interesting to hear the demos because we get to actually see the thought process and journey behind such an epic masterpiece of an album. Yeah. So there was a bunch of the demos, but then we've already talked about a few of them. They were unreleased songs, songs that were recorded either for the album or at least during those sessions, Uh, but Mm -hmm. they never made it to the album or anywhere near it. So I'm just going to call out a couple of them. Well, I'm going to call out a few of the remaining ones that we haven't talked about yet. Um, and then we'll just talk about mm-hmm. a few. We don't have to talk about all of them. So there's You'll Stay, which was written by Pat Leonard, which I don't know, that that one I, I kind of liked. Um, like a Flower, Gone, 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 Ariasso, which also is like the Wonderland theme song, and Revenge. <laughs> so Revenge. Revenge is probably one of those hidden gems that a lot of fans love that have heard it. But um has not really seen the light of day unless you can get a hold of the demo, which is on YouTube. Go out and search for it. But that one was the one where people were like, this is a song she could release. So I think some fans thought like maybe she'll 
re-record it and use it for another session like music or American Life. Like it, it could, it's a strong song, so it could work. Um, she ended up not recording it and Sophie Ellis Baxter ended up recording a version of it, but her version is also unreleased, I believe. Do you know the details around that? So I don't know the details about Sophie Ellis Baxter's version so much because Sophie Ellis Baxter doesn't really high rank on my diva standard list. She's not Madonna. But uh, nobody is Madonna. Madonna is Madonna. (laughs) Although some fans on Instagram think that the current Madonna is not Madonna anymore. But anyway, coming back to Revenge. Revenge. (laughs) I love Revenge. I think Revenge is such a fucking banger of a song. It's brilliant lyrically again it's it's like again she's talking philosophy but putting it to a fun dance beat and you know again she's taking um eyes are the windows to the soul that is such a great it's again some people might think it's such a cliche but then it just works with the song and so many levels yep um the other song i wanted to, to bring up was arioso i don't even know if i'm pronouncing that right but it was, um, it's, it's most, uh, I think this one has Madonna singing some stuff, but there was some vocalization that was done and that it was used as this theme song to the show called Wonderland, which had to do with people like in a mental institution or something. But I remember like only one or two episodes ever got aired and people found it too disturbing. So they yanked it. Mm-hmm. They didn't even show reruns of this show. Like they didn't even show the remaining Mm-hmm. episodes that were like filmed they just pulled the show and i believe it was on abc here in america but so i've never mm-hmm. seen the show and i remember hearing about it i remember hearing that she did the theme song but no one really knew about when the show was released i think people just um recognized her voice and it's like that's madonna that's madonna and then when i went to go watch it when it was supposed to air again it had already been pulled so i never saw it and i think you know the internet was mm-hmm. my friend where i found the song where I just basically found the the looping of her just vocalizing. So I discovered Wonderland when oh, it was just a thirty second right. clip, which was probably used as a theme song for the show, where it was just her vocalizing, and I thought that was hauntingly beautiful in so many ways. And I think a lot of fans on message boards were desperate to hear the full version for almost two decades because that is a great. 30-second clip of the original vocals. Are there any um, unreleased demos that you want to talk about specifically? I want to talk about first uh, Like a Flower, which later Laura Pocini turned into Mia Bandona Ati. Um, like a Flower is nice. I believe in the demo leak, which happened last year, it was used on uh, another song, You'll Stay. Those were the lyrics repurposed mm-hmm. into Like a Flower. Right. It's The lyrics sound better in Like a Flower. I think it's a beautiful tune. But if I compare it to our other Like a tracks, like Like a Virgin, Like a Prayer, those are iconic tracks. Like a Flower, not so iconic in so many ways. But <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong, I like it, but it's not a song I'll ever search out willingly. It's only like, oh, if I have to refresh my memory of it there. Laura Pausini recorded it in Italian, which I quite like Laura Pausini's version. Obviously, it doesn't live up to what Madonna could have made into the song finally, but I like the Laura Pausini version. 
for its beauty and simplicity. What are your thoughts about Like a Flower? Uh, I really don't have any thoughts about Like a Flower. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's, it doesn't feel like Madonna to me. I mean, I guess it is because it's it's her. I think it, 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 if anything, it probably reminded me more of a low energy version of Dear Jesse. <laughs> That's kind of what it felt like to me. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. And Laura Pacini did she recorded that in Italian, but she also recorded a Spanish version too, didn't she? Oh, did she? I had no idea. I just know the so. Italian version. Uh, what other what other track stands out to you? Is Liquid Love from the Ray of Light sessions, or is it from the music sessions? I don't know. I guess that's a good question. It's William Orbit. Maybe that is from music. Well, can I talk about my love for Liquid Love? Let's do it. Okay. So, Liquid Love is one of the songs which surprisingly got a second life on the internet curtsy it being remixed with david getta's song with kelly Rowland. when love takes over yeah yeah that song was a big hit of david getta's and kelly Rowland. i don't know if it was a hit in america but in europe and asia it was played everywhere some fan remixed the demo of liquid love with the instrumental version of love takes over and it's fucking brilliant to listen to. I encourage all fans to seek it out and just hear it. It sounds like Liquid Love comes alive with that fan remix. It's just so fucking brilliant. And what I love about Liquid Love is like, you know, I mean, it's a second song, which is a metaphor for come. The first being rain, but wash away. Yeah, rain is a metaphor for come, right? And then liquid love itself, again, is another metaphor for come, which I guess it wouldn't have worked in the Ray of Lights album on many levels. But yeah, I think it's, again, Madonna, again, having such a beautiful, fantastic metaphor for come in a song, (laughs) lyrically. And I just love it. Your love is like liquid. It fills me, fulfills me. I mean, think about it. It's so much like cum and cream pies and cum shots. Oh my gosh, you've said, oh my gosh. <laughs> this is not a Bukaki episode. <laughs> well, there you go. Liquid love pouring okay. down the... <laughs> okay. But yeah, I love liquid love. I mean, I like the original William Orbit demos of it too, but liquid love when it's remixed with the David Guetta song, Love Takes Over... It is a fucking banger, and I wish somehow the gods just make an official release of it because it's a trippy fucking trance. Like, not a trance song, but, like, it puts you in a fun, dancey trance, and it's like, yes! I, all right, I feel like we're complete. We've completed the, the Ray of Light circle. Thank you again for, for coming by again, uh, even just for a short bonus episode. Thank you for having me, Wayne, and... Be gentle with your cuts. With my what? With your cuts. My cuts? Oh, my edits. Your edits and cuts. Voulez-vous, so. <laughs> <laughs> will you kiss my dick? <laughs> what is it in French? Voulez-vous, je le sais Oh, maybe. <laughs> my French is terrible. But yeah, what a way of ending the episode with liquid love and common cuts. Oh my god. Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'll talk to you later, Zorian. All righty. Take care, Wayne. Bye. Bye.